Hello. Greetings. Thanks for your interest in spiritual matters. My name's Ethan, and I work with the Venice Church of Christ, where disciples making disciples in Los Angeles. As human beings these days, we tend to have a very strange relationship with our age. A lot of times when we're younger, all we can do is wait to get older so we can enjoy some of the fun that we seem that we can enjoy uh, at that time. When we get to our uh, 20s, this starts to kind of level off, and then we spend the rest of our time, it seems, wishing that we could just be younger again, and younger than we are at least. And throughout time, we've had people go back and forth about the merits and detractions about youth and age. Older people, you know, the get-off-my-lawn uh, type of characteristic, the inflexible, contrarian, or fearful, apprehensive trope. And you got the younger people who are the know-it-alls, the arrogant, the presumptuous, the contemptuous, the brash, the okay boomers, uh, sending boomers into a tailspin of anger about that concept. And what do we see? We, we see throughout our society this idea of generational warfare, where Boomers are condemning millennials for ruining everything. Millennials condemn boomers for ruining everything. And Generation X, as usual, is just kind of lost there in the middle. And Generation Z doesn't know what to do with it. But regardless of, of where we're at in terms of the generational cycles, the cachet of our society is definitely in youth. And so it's good for us to consider these matters of youth and age and generations as from based on what we can learn from scriptures and what we can see about uh, what we should think about these things as Christians. But first we need to understand that in our society, it doesn't take very long to notice how youth is definitely in. That societal trends extol the virtues of youth, that uh, you, you know you've reached uh, irrelevancy when the advertising is no longer directed toward you, it's directed toward people younger than you. And that advertising is now being directed at younger and younger ages. Uh, movie stars seem to be starting out younger, and uh, there's some music artists who seems like their career is over by 21. How much money is spent in our country every year in the attempt to maintain or to recover a youthful appearance? Botox and skin creams, hair coloration, attempts to remove or hide the signs of aging. And everybody tries to make each other feel better by trying to say that their age is the new version of a past decade, that 30 is the new 20, 40 is the new 30, uh, 50 is the new 40, 80 is the new 60, who knows, uh, all the various things that people want to say about that. Uh, somebody who's older now often is seen as somebody who is out of touch, it's obsolete. And here's a great way that you can offend almost anybody. Uh, presume that they are 5, 10, 15, 20 years than they really are. Uh, you look like you're a day over 70. Ooh, somebody's 50 years old. They are going to hate you for that? Absolutely. But if you tell somebody who's 50 they don't look a day under over 30, no one takes that as an insult. And that tells you kind of where we're at today. So, all right. What do we see in Scripture about these kind of things? Well... In 1 Samuel 17, 33 and 42, we're told that uh, David was looked down upon because he was still a youth. There are a lot of scriptures that talk about the sins of youth. In Job 13, 26, Psalm 25, 7, Isaiah 54, 4. Uh, the reproach of youth is, in, is sin in Jeremiah 31, 19. Uh, we have in the New Testament all kinds of warnings that are given to us about uh, such things. So in 2 Timothy 
chapter 2, in verse 22. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Uh, youthful passions kind of goes along with the age. Uh, youth are in need of instruction and discipline, knowledge and discretion, according to Proverbs 1 and verse 4. And in Isaiah 3 and verse 5, we see a picture of society in distress, which is youth being insolent toward those who are of older age. That's why in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12, Paul has to tell Timothy, let no one despise him because of his age, but instead to display the qualities of righteousness and godliness. Titus is told to instruct young men to be self-controlled in Titus 2 and verse 6. Young women require instruction from older women in Titus 2, 3 through 5. So those are some definite challenges of youth that we see there, that youth are inexperienced. They can be naive. Uh, they don't have a good understanding of things. They need instruction. And there are those passions of youth that need to be restrained, disciplined. But youthful vigor is praised in Scripture. In Job 20 and verse 11, 33 and verse 25, and Proverbs 20 and verse 29, we see the idea of people serving God from their youth up. Rich young ruler claims this in Mark 10, 20, Psalm 71, 5 and 17 as well. And even Paul speaks of this in Timothy, in 2 Timothy 1 and 3. David speaks of God renewing his youth in Psalm 103 and verse 5. The preacher encourages uh, youth to enjoy themselves and know that every, God is going to bring everything under judgment in Ecclesiastes 11 and verse 9. And thus it is good to remember your Creator in the days of your youth. In Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 1. First John 2, 13 through 14. John, very interesting passage, speaks to young men because they are strong. And we'll come back to that. But in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 10, very important. Youth is vanity. It's absurd. It's, it, it passes away. It's, it's just not going to last. We have examples of youth who are shown positively. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, 6-7. Daniel and his companions in Daniel 1, 17. Um, Timothy is considered on the younger side of things. Uh, not a whole lot of us have considered Jesus to be that old anymore. So it's not as if uh, youth is just a big pile of negativity. There's much to be commended when it comes to youth in Scripture. Age also has its benefits. In Proverbs 20 and verse 29, gray hair is to be a source of pride and splendor, that the aged should have wisdom and insight based on their experiences. In Job 12 and verse 12, key word there is should. Elihu, in Job 32, was first respectful, but then uh, his youth gets the better of him. And uh, even when he's right, it's kind of hard to swallow because of his impetuousness. God's word provides wisdom of the aged in Psalm 119 and 100, that grandchildren are the crown of the aged in Proverbs 17 and verse 6, that respect is to be given to those who are older, Leviticus 19:32, but also 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. In 1 John 2, fathers are those who have known him who was from the beginning, i.e. God. And uh, when we remember our history, it's good for us to remember that in those days, uh, very few people made it to 50, let alone 60, 80, or even beyond. In Titus 2, 2, and 3, though, Paul expects dignified, reverent behavior from those who are older, which means that they may not always have been acting that way. But uh, the main challenge of age is the degeneration of physical function. Uh, in, in youth, you have all the strength and power of life and very little wisdom. As you get older, the wisdom might have come, 
but now the body is falling apart just as the preacher speaks so vividly in Ecclesiastes 12, 1 through 7. Remember also your creator in the days of your youth before the evil days come and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened, the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent and the grinders cease because they are few and those who look through the windows are dimmed and the doors of the street are shut. When the sound of the grinding is low and one rises up at the sound of a bird and all the daughters of song are brought low. They are afraid of what is high, and terrors are in the way. The almond tree blossoms, the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire fails, because man is going to his eternal home, and the mourners go about the streets. Before the silver cord is snapped, or the golden bowl is broken, or the pitcher is shattered at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit of God returns, excuse me, the Spirit returns to God, who gave it. Vanity of vanities, says the preacher, all is vanity. All these things here, looking at life as the eyes lose their sight, the hearing is dulled, the smell is is dim, the taste is bland, the, the, the joints creak and don't move as quickly. All of the demonstrations of decay in life. Uh, in Genesis 18 and verse 12, Sarah considers herself worn out in her old age. Uh, Extremely in Numbers 4 and verse 3 and 8 and 25 that uh, Levites would service in the tent of meeting uh, from 30 to 50. Once they were 50, they would no longer thus serve. In 2 Samuel 19 and verse 35, Barzillai, who's reached a very old age, uh, says that there's really no point in going to the king's table because he's not going to be able to enjoy the taste of anything uh, he's eating. And so he instead has his son Chimham uh, brought and sits at table with David uh, because of David's thankfulness for all Barzillai had done for him. And uh, Psalm 71 and verse 9 is very powerful. God, do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. And that's certainly something that we can understand as we get older. We have a positive example, mostly, of an older man in Abraham in Genesis 12. Through 24, uh, we see Jacob finally settles down in his old age, later part of Genesis. Um, so it's positive youth and positive age examples as well. So what are we supposed to make of all of this? We looked at all these different scriptures, and how can we talk about these things? Well, it shows that there's benefits and detractions that come with both youth and age. They, in youth, you got vitality and strength and boldness, and those are praised in scripture. But being young also leads to impetuousness, desire to satisfy the passions of youth, lust and greed, revelry, and things of that nature. When you're young, it's very easy to put your confidence in your own strength. You don't think you're ever going to die. You know everything, and you can do better than those who came before you. And as you get older, though, generally, hopefully, you kind of start seeing the folly of that kind of thinking. In century, we've been talking about how many people want to get younger, uh, look younger, feel younger, but how many people really want to return to some of those ages uh, and have it go just the way it went? Generally, we'd love to go back to our younger days as long as we had the wisdom that we've gained since. And uh, very few people say, yep, I am so proud of who I was and everything I did. No, generally there's things we've done that we've kind of regretted and we've learned from, and uh, we wouldn't want to do that all over again if we had to. So while the strength and vitality of youth is good, 
the lack of experience, wisdom, and insight are very difficult. And age is not a source of dishonor in Scripture, far from it, in fact. In fact, there's an expectation that those who are older receive respect and honor. And it was something that was not hidden. It was the physical decay of age that was a major challenge. That the strength's not there, illness and chronic pain are frequent. That those with age have the benefit of wisdom and experience, but the lack of strength and the decay of time are very challenging. And those who are of the older generation ought to remember Ecclesiastes 7 verse 10. Uh, Do not say, why are the former days better than these? For it is not from wisdom that you say this. That the good old days were rarely as good as advertised. And many a generation's very gone very wrong in conflating faith and culture, seeking to preserve a given culture from a given time over preserving the faith. So what are we supposed to say about youth and age? There's stages in life. They're not inherently good or bad. You can be a wise youth or a foolish older person. You can be a foolish youth and a wise older person. We should notice that each has what the other often lacks. That the youth have strength and boldness, but they have very little insight or wisdom. Age has insight and wisdom, but little strength and often boldness. Exceptions abound, of course, but we generally still can discern a pattern. That both have benefit and therefore both need each other. We see that in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, and even in Titus 2 and in 1 John 2. That we have people who are in the kingdom who have different people, different ages with different skills. That people to, should work together, to learn from each other, to depend upon each other. And so now we turn to that passage we've been mentioning in 1 John chapter 2 which just seem to be very strange in verse 12 of chapter 2. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. Little children, young men, and fathers are probably Christians at relative ages and relative stages of life. That each knows something, each has a strength, and each has something to bring to the table. That youth are expected to learn wisdom and insight from those who are older. Their energy needs to be properly channeled. The older can benefit from the vitality and strength of youth. And these days, the older can even benefit from the youth's better handle on the pulse of the world and changes in culture. Not to conform in all things, but also so not to be reactionary in all things. It should be a complementary relationship. But too often, unfortunately, it breaks down. That youth do refuse to learn the wisdom from their elders. and They're prone to more failure as they try to chart out a path that's already been well-worn. Older people who despise the youth, who do not consider them part of the current functioning as the church. Too many think that they are the future of the church when they need to be the president of the church. And so many are so fearful of letting go and empowering the youth that they withhold back and, and disempower the youth. And that can have tragic consequences. Unfortunately, there are a lot of times where older people act like younger ones. Don't show the wisdom and maturity they should. And Sometimes you have younger ones who act with more maturity and wisdom than you would expect. But there is a place for everyone in the kingdom, young and old. Our society is obsessed with youth, but it's really absurd to be that obsessed with youth. That age is a mixed bag of blessings and detractions, young and old. That no one should feel slighted, 
disrespected or ashamed because of their age. And said everyone should work at the stage of life they're in and with the wisdom they have and with the strength they have to work together to advance God's purposes, to learn from other, to gain from one another, so that through us together, God may be embodied, Jesus may be embodied in us, excuse me, and God may be glorified. So let us all serve God, whether we are young or old. We're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you've been benefited by this. If you have any uh, questions or comments, anything you'd like to say, any prayer requests, uh, if you'd like to come check us out, please find us online at ministrychrist.org or you can find us on social media. If you appreciated what you've heard today, please share it with friends and family and also subscribe to our podcast wherever you found us. We're again very thankful that you've joined us. We hope all goes well with you. Have a great day.